0: Holly G. with the Golf Insiders. A lot of breaking news this week because Tiger Woods sat down with the media for the first time since February at the Hero World Challenge. And uh, to break it all down for us and give us his uh, thoughts and reflections, Bob Heron from ESPN.com. Hi, Bob.
1: Hey, how you doing?
0: Doing well. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I I think everybody was waiting for this moment, Bob. Since it's you know been what how many months since February and this almost fatal crash of Tiger, still you know remarkable that he walked away from it. Uh, every time I see that picture of the of the SUV, it's you know remarkable, right? Um, Tiger revealed that amputation at one point was considered uh, in the early stages of, uh, you know, his his injuries, and um, I can't even imagine uh, what a moment that was for, for Tiger and his family.
1: Right. I know. It's... Um... The, the 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 thing was equal parts positive and, and uplifting, and also somber and um, reality hitting. You know, um, he was seemed very much at peace. Uh, he seemed um, content with where he is. He was very thankful to be alive, to not lose a limb, as he said. Um, seems to be. Very grateful that he has a quality of life. Um, When it comes to the golf, he was less optimistic, but he didn't shut the door on competing again, although he admitted, my leg's never going to be the same, and I'm never going to be able to practice and play like I did to get ready. So that means, you know, the kind of schedule that I had isn't going to happen. But yet he he, he suggested that he was going to try. And you know there was some video that popped up on pjtour.com on Wednesday night with him hitting fairway woods and on the range, and it looked like he had you know a couple of other clubs out and that he had been practicing and you know the, that swing looked pretty smooth. Now I don't know that it looked very fast, and there's a lot more involved in golf than just hitting shots on the driving range, but it was fairly encouraging, you know. So so I'm. Uh, I'm 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 uh I'm you know I, I think there's there's a lot of good to be taken from that. So
0: Yeah, he said it's hard to explain how difficult it's been being immobile for 3 months. You know, literally in a hospital bed uh you know at home um I read a very interesting piece that where he described, you know, how he mentally prepared himself or continued to work through this recovery process where he, you know, took a lot of the teachings from, you know, his father Earl, who, you know, we know was in the special forces and really kind of how he, you know, chunked down, you know, eating the elephant, if you will, in terms of this road to recovery, um, where I think he said he, you know, would get it down even to... I don't know if it was 20 minutes at a time or, you know, uh, a couple hours at a time to be able to keep himself motivated through the process.
1: Exactly. You know, he just, he really didn't look ahead. Sounds like he, he very much just tried to keep it in the present one day at a time, you know. Um, all those cliches, but yet that's what he did. And he... He just wanted to just keep meeting these mini-goals. And, and you know, the guy's got an incredible strength of mind. And he, the fact that, you know, the fact that he was sort of in a bed for a couple of months after he got home, I thought was was telling. Now, was it really three months? I don't know. But even if it was a month or six weeks, um, it's a long time. It's a long time to think, long time to you know, to get down, and, uh, but he didn't do it, it sounds like. I'm sure he did at times, but for the most part, he kept a, a good attitude and, uh, and uh, you know, got to the point where, you know, he was, he was wanting, you know, obviously he's going to get in a wheelchair, then get out of the wheelchair on the crutches, then, you know, get off the crutches and start trying to walk, uh, start trying to walk without a limp. And I don't think he's going to be running anytime soon. But he looked like he could walk without a limb. And, you know, if he can put weight on that leg, that's a great sign. Uh, you know, my guess is there will be some sort of program for him to walk up the ramping. And that's probably going to be the next long, arduous process. You know, like and in golf terms, maybe it's, you know, you start out by walking one hole, you know, just right. walking it you know, or maybe it's a half a hole for all I know, you know, and then, and then, you know, you do that until you're comfortable and then maybe the next week it's you try to walk too, you know, it is, it, 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 again, it's like, I'm not sure if that's exactly how it would work out, maybe they equate it on a treadmill or something like that, but at some point, you know, he's got to be able to
0: deal with that
1: part of it. You know, and I always thought it was interesting back before all this, when he was coming back from all the various things that he had going on, Joe LaCava, his caddy, would always try to get him to walk. Tiger wanted to use his time working on his game, you know, on the range, hitting shots on the course, but doing it in a golf cart so he could get it, get through it quicker. And Joe always wanted him to walk because – No matter what you do to get ready, you've got to be able to deal with the walking 18 holes, the standing around. Your your back gets tired, your legs get tired, and you know maybe he'll learn from that. You know, there's no sense in going out there trying to play a tournament if you haven't done that before. And so many times he showed up at tournaments really not having walked. You know, he he had hit, he had practiced and hit balls and chipped and putted and played rounds of golf, but never really went through the walking process. Now, maybe he felt like he, he didn't want to risk it, but, uh, you know, I think it'll be fascinating if he shares how he does that with us.
0: I had a conversation with uh, Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel on speculation, you know, would he come back at the Masters? Well, if you think about Augusta National, I can't think of a more undulating, uh, hilly terrain um, that would be just, I think, I don't know, it would seem unlikely that would be a, a first test for Tiger. Um, also rumors he's going to play in the PNC here in Orlando, which I would guess he could ride a cart. I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and speaking of that, would there, be, would there be the possibility for Tiger to somehow you know, get special compensation to use a cart. Or part of me would think I couldn't imagine Tiger competing that way and feeling like he was legitimately competing.
1: Well, I think I think Tiger's going to get, uh, if he does do the PNC, the cart is a, no question there. I don't even think that's an issue there. Several of the players in the field use a cart. I, think, I believe it's supposed to be the senior guys. I can't even imagine. It's an exhibition. It doesn't matter. You know, um, I, think, I think that that's that's understood. What he did at Card on the PGA Tour, that is an interesting um, dynamic, I think. Uh, because, um, uh, you know, he'd have to apply under the ADA, under the Americans with Disabilities Act. He'd have to submit a lot of paperwork, a lot of medical stuff. They need to rule on if this is if this falls under the ADA. Is this a disability? You know, um, right? I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know the legal ramifications of that. If anybody could qualify, you'd think it would be him. But I'm just not even sure he'd want want to.
0: Exactly. I'm
1: not, sh- I'm not sure that's something he'd want to do. So, um, uh, but. Uh, it, uh, it it it's a question I was surprised wasn't asked the other day, but there was a lot of ground to cover, and I kind of get it too. So, um, you know, that yeah, first I think is something first, be, right? Yeah, I think that's going to be something that's going to come up at some point. Like, would you ever consider asking for a cart? You know, um, and uh, uh, and and you know. That would that would probably open up a can of worms among all the tiger haters out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. but I do think that you know that thing was worded very narrowly. It's 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 very hard for there to be a person who has a disability that can play top level golf. It, it just it just hasn't happened. I mean, t- Casey Martin obviously is the one who sued, and it went to the Supreme Court. And they ruled in his favor, but in a very narrow way. It worked for him, but it wasn't going to mean if I have a bad back, I can get a golf cart. Right. You know, so, I mean, John Daly got a cart that, that the last two PGAs he's played, he has a, a, uh, a chronic knee issue. Now, so in, in theory, he, he was deemed, you know, disabled. Uh, to be able to do that, but yet the, R, the RNA denied it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not obviously; they don't fall with under under the ADA. But um, but with Tiger, possibly, I think it's a you know I think it's a, certainly something that that could be explored if he wanted to go down that road. But my guess is he doesn't.
0: Let's just review the resume for a minute, Bob. <laughs> Five masters. Four PGA Championships, three U.S. Opens, three Open Championships, 15 major titles, three behind the Golden Bear, two Players Championships, two FedEx Cups, 106 worldwide wins, six USGA National Championships before turning pro. Don't you think Tiger could just hang up the spikes and be happy?
1: He could absolutely. I, I think uh, I think that's quite possible that, that uh, you know certainly there's no more to prove. Uh, and he admitted that basically. It's not going to be the same. but you know if he wants to try, I don't want to begrudge him that either. and I think that it would be great for him. It would and you know if, it would be great for him if he could be a ceremonial golfer. Can you go out there and enjoy it? Can you go out there and not grind? Can you go out there and not be upset if you don't play well? You know, like those. Did Jack and Ar? Jack and Arnie played into into their sixties. You know, nobody cared if they missed a cut or if they shot eighty. You know, they're just happy to have them out there. Why is? It, why should that be a problem for Tiger? I mean, look at Vijay Singh. Now, look, he's not injured or anything, but. He's pushing sixty. He plays in a lot of tour events. You know, uh, he's ten years older than Tiger, sure more does. than ten. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just, you know, if he wants to, who's going to hold? Who's going to hold it against him? Uh, and uh, I think will that we, be enough uh,
0: for we, the fans, Bob?
1: Well, you know, probably not. I mean, are we going to sit there and scrutinize every swing? Are we going to do that? Probably. But it's really kind of unfair, you know, so.
0: You know, comebacks have uh, defined his career. And, um, you know, again, if he were to, you know, my goodness, even if he were to win another tournament, forget, you know, I think the majors are off the table. But if he were to win another tournament, it would be, um, it would just be a, a, another notch in this remarkable Remarkable, once in our lifetime, uh, athletic career.
1: Well, you know, somebody brought up a great point. He joked about, um, you know, playing it forward. You know, the or you know, yes, it forward, playing it forward. The USGA, um, uh, you know, kind of initiative. And so, okay, why not play Colonial? Why not play? Hartford? Why not play uh, Hilton Head? You know, why not play uh, John Deere? Why not play Innisbrook? Courses that are shorter. Ones that he used to disdain because they were too short. They didn't suit his long game. You know, well, (laughs) wouldn't that be the perfect way to do it now? You know, and um, I just think it would be you know, a great way to for him to, uh, to, to to play tour events. Play some places you haven't played and, you know, play shorter courses. It's less walking. Your long game isn't as big of a deal. And, uh, you know, go from there. Because, you know, Tiger's still – my guess is if he can stand upright and swing an iron, it's still going to be just about as good as anybody's.
0: Yeah, and defying the odds is what he does. So,
1: yeah,
0: um, you know, as we often say, don't don't bet against Tiger. But speaking about betting and uh, other uh, related golf news, what'd you think of uh, the Brooks and Bryson showdown at the match over Thanksgiving, Bob?
1: Uh, you know, it was kind of what I expected. I think I'm not sure that that uh, you know. It's I, I I'm I'm not sure that that it was worthy of of all that went into it. Um, it was disappointing that Bryson didn't win a single hole. Uh, it was not that competitive. Oh, it ended up only being nine holes. You know they were supposed to play twelve. I mean he beat them on the through nine. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, and just as
0: them... just as it was getting. Fun
1: <laughs>
0: when they started challenging each other and betting more money, uh, then they then they cut it off. They didn't even let them finish through twelve.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just um, I don't know. I I, I I don't have a problem with it. Look, it's fine. I, it's
0: raise a it's, lot of money for charity. Yeah, raise money.
1: It, it you know, there's people that are that are going to watch it, and that's fine. It was at a time of year when it doesn't interfere with anything else in golf. Um, I think we were sort of curious, uh, but, you know, really I think what we want is to see them go head-to-head in a tournament, in a real tournament.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the hero begins uh, today, and, um, you know, the players are playing for world ranking points, and Colin Morikawa could take over world number one with another win.
1: He could, but then he would go back, Rom would go back after one week. The way the rankings are, it's, he'd only stay there for a week because there's no other tournaments. But still, it would be a great achievement to get there for one week at age 24. Uh, obviously, he's, he'd have to win. And, you know, Rory's playing. Uh, Kepka and DeShambeau are there.
0: Yeah, Daniel Werder
1: is there. It's a, you know, it's always a great field. Um, it's only and, twenty,
0: but it is yep. uh, it's rock star.
1: And you know, typically the guys are in different various states of form. The guys who've been playing and practicing and working at it, Spieth is there too. So is Justin Thomas. Those are the guys who are going to be near the top. The guys who are just there to enjoy it and you know pick up a paycheck and get out, you know, get to the Bahamas, they'll be near the bottom. You know, and uh, uh, there's not a whole lot of grinding going on at that tournament.
0: Right. Uh, I think it's a, a wind down for most of the players and a great place to do it. But the bigger news this week, Bob Herrig, is your announcement of your new book that's coming out, your first book, Tiger and Phil, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry. I um, can't wait for this, Bob. Um, you do an in-depth chronicle of the decades-long rivalry that drove these two. I think it's going to be a huge bestseller. Uh, share with my listeners um, how you, you know, came up with this idea and just, uh, you know, what we can expect.
1: Well thanks uh, you know first book it might be the last book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that <laughs> you know what when you when you get done with one of these things it is you know it was it was, a, it was a, the challenge of all challenges, but it was it was it was a great you know experience. I mean obviously you're talking about two of the greatest names ever and and it just sort of came together as an idea. Two years ago, after Tiger had won the Masters, I thought maybe there's a book to be done. And I thought, you know, nobody's ever really tackled the Tiger-Phil dynamic. And, you know, we had just seen them, uh, you know, um, Phil had won earlier in the year. They had had that match a couple years ago. Um, And it just seemed like a, a, a neat way to get at Tiger in a different light while bringing Phil into it, who really hasn't had a lot written about him. And so, you know, I I go back to the beginning for both, you know. And for people who are probably, I would say, under 40, you know, like Phil's been a pro for 30 years. So when he became a pro, you'd have been 10, (laughs) right? So if you're less than that, you probably don't even remember or realize that Phil was Tiger before Tiger.
0: Right,
1: I mean, just unbelievable uh amateur junior career he won a u.s amateur. now, look, Tiger won three in a row, and that gets a lot of headlines and should. Phil won three NCAAs, he won a u.s amateur and he won a tour event as an amateur. Tyson never sniffed a tour event as an amateur. in fact, his best was a tie for twenty second. So I kind of like do the compare and contrast of their early careers. And, you know, I get into this a good bit. Obviously, we know differently now, but you would have almost taken Phil's career was going to be better than Tiger's. And if you took Phil's career getting to what he got, 45 and 6, you'd have thought, absolutely, there's no way Tiger's going to win that many. You know, I mean, that's how good Phil was at, at that age. Phil won nine times on the PGA Tour before Tiger even turned pro. You know, so he had a head start on him. But he just didn't really get a lot done in those early days. I mean, Tiger had eight majors before Phil had one. And, you know, the narrative changed a lot. And and they didn't get along. I mean, I get into this. I have an entire chapter on the 2004 Ryder Cup when they were paired. And I do a very deep dive into that whole week. And, you know, I talk to how At, Sutton, at and Oakland and Hills. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, look, it, it, tur- it was a disaster except – they didn't play as bad as people remember, you know. Like they lost, they lost in the in the in the morning match that they lost to Monty and Padre Harrington, which was which was best ball. They lost, um, I believe it was was uh, three and two. So you know they made it to the 17th tee, and they actually they actually were five under in best ball, but the other guys were seven under, you know? So it's like, it's not like they were horrible. And in, in, then they prepared again in the afternoon and everybody remembers the horrible tee shot Phil hit on 18 that went up against a, a, right. a fence, yeah. a mesh fence, and it was unplayable. And, and they lost that hole when they were even. They were, you know, they had a chance to win the match if they win that hole. But in that match, they got up three early and blew it, you know. So, but the point is, is that their relationship was non-existent at that time. And there was a lot of bad body language, uh, you know, and it kind of set the tone for, And ass kicking,
0: and if I remember, um, because I was there as well, uh, I mean, Phil was practicing at another golf course. I mean, there was all kinds of crazy stuff going on.
1: Well, and some of that had to do with the fact that you know we come to learn. He was trying to learn Tiger's golf ball. You know there was there was all there was all kinds of drama associated with that. You know, Phil has said in the sense, you know. I wish he would have told us earlier that we were going to be paired together. I would have worked on playing with his ball. It was a big deal. Um, Phil had changed equipment going into the Ryder Cup. That's right. He wasn't, wasn't quite comfortable with his new stuff. Yeah. Um,
0: That's Tiger when he made the move was, to Callaway, right?
1: Exactly, right before that. Yeah. Tiger was coming off one of his worst years. Not only had Phil won the Masters and contended at all four majors that year, Tiger really didn't sniff one. And he had only one tour victory that year. That was when he was in the transition with Hank Haney, and people didn't really know it. And it bugged him to no end that Phil won a major and was competitive, and he wasn't. He saw Phil as a threat, and I think, you know, uh, they're, uh, they're, I already got some feedback. Oh, you know Tiger didn't really have a rival, did he? And I think that's fair. If you want to say that, uh, and I make the argument, yeah, you can argue certainly that Tiger had no rival when you look at the record. But if you dive into it, they they were the dominant forces from 2004 to 2008.
0: Absolutely.
1: and they and, they,
0: know, and they and they put the lid on a lot of other guys' careers along the way.
1: Phil, Phil started to get the better Tiger there for a while. You know, Phil won the Masters in '04. He won the PGA in '05. the Masters in '06. He should have won the U.S. Open in '06. You know, and then Tiger won two majors that year. I mean, they, they clipped off a lot of tournaments then. And, um, uh, you know, Tiger didn't like it that Phil was getting better. You know, and so their relationship was kind of strained. Now, it got better, and, you know, it it mellowed a bit here in the last few years. But they're still not buddies. Right. They're not tight, tight friends. And uh, so, anyway, I tried to capture all of that, and I hope I did. And uh, it was, uh, you know, and Phil winning the PGA this year, you know, just added another chapter to it.
0: Exactly. And why wouldn't Tiger like to be sitting with a major at 50?
1: Sure. You know, and and even Tiger's, you know, just latest run here. I'm able to fit in just a little bit of what he, uh, you know, his sort of, you know, talking about coming back, and uh, so, so hopefully all of that works out to be uh, to be something that uh, that uh, that works out and, and that people enjoy.
0: I think it's going to be a fantastic read, and uh, you had a front seat. Uh, for the whole ride for a long time. And let's get to the most important part. It's available now for pre-order, and uh, people can gift it for the holidays. How do they do
1: that? Well, let's see. There's a couple of ways. One way is if you go to my Twitter account, I've got a pinned tweet, at Bob Herrig, and I've got a link on there. They call it a landing page, and there are several options on there, Um, for ordering it, like through Barnes & Noble and Amazon and people like that. Or you could just go to Amazon and put Tiger Woods in there, my name, Bob Herrig or Phil Mickelson, and the book will show up with some reviews already and a description, and you can order it that way. And the great thing about ordering it now is they don't charge you for it until they send it, which is going to be a few months down the road.
0: Uh, Very, very exciting. So, again, uh – the book is uh, Tiger and Phil: Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry. And congratulations, Bob! I know. Uh, I guess maybe this this helped um, helped you get through COVID a little bit.
1: Yeah, you know, a lot of the heavy lifting was done during that time last year, 2020. Um, you know, I it was a blessing and a curse. The blessing was is you know we were all stuck at home and and I, I realized I needed to use that time to my advantage um the curse was is you know I couldn't be out there and talking to as many people in person as I might have liked, and I eventually got a good number of the people that I wanted anyway uh but I was on a timeline um that that you know I had to have the the gist of it done by this past summer even though even though it doesn't come out till the spring uh but um uh, yeah, it was uh, you know, and, and and you know, I had been there for all this, so I, I I had some institutional knowledge. I had a lot of things that I had written myself. Um, I was able to go back and find, and and so um, you know, it's for for people even who've lived it, it's still fun to go back. You might be reminded of some things that you had forgotten about. You there's a few little stories about their sort of their angst towards one another that. From behind the scenes that people might not have known about, that uh, you know, it's not earth shattering, but it's 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 a little bit eye opening, you know, like just how you know there was some pettiness that went on at times, and uh, so all of that is uh, all all of that is in there.
0: A little gamesmanship too, I imagine. Right. Right. <laughs> well, Bob, thank you so much. So appreciate your time. So uh, excited for you um for uh this first uh first book Tiger and Phil, I encourage all my listeners to go purchase one uh probably the easiest way is amazon.com and if you've got a if you're a golfer or you got a favorite golfer in your life can't think of a better present for the holidays Bob as always thank you so much and um I think we might be talking one more time, especially uh, if Mr. Tiger Woods tees it up at the PNC here in Orlando.
1: Sounds good. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you, Bob.